After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio. This is episode 73, and on this episode, it's the return of Doc Coyle. Doc came on episode 13 way, way back in the day, 60 episodes ago. Can you believe that? And uh, Doc has a new podcast out called The X-Man. It's a great, great podcast. Uh, One episode out so far. Most likely when this episode drops, another episode of The X-Man will be out. So you can go back and check out two episodes of The X-Man. And uh, yeah, check out his podcast. You know Doc from God Forbid, Vegas Nerve. Uh, He played for Maytal. And also in this episode, I reached out today and asked for some musical requests. So after the Doc Coyle episode, I will go into your requests and uh, we'll talk about the song selection that you guys have chosen. Pretty good so far. I like what I've seen. A lot of old school thrash, some old school metal. Uh, my mom even was on there. She requested some Eagles. Don't think so, mom. But uh, other than that, uh, let's see here. You guys like clothes, right? And this episode is brought to you by Puck Hockey. PuckHockey.com. P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Head over to PuckHockey.com. Shop till you drop. Get yourself some wonderful David Ellison stuff, Tom Hazard stuff, Bumblefoot, 36 Crazy Fist, all kinds of great stuff over there at PuckHockey.com. Use uh, use the promo code TALK when you check out for 10% off your entire order. Yes, that's TALK, T-A-L-K, as in talk to me, for 10% off your entire order. And uh, make sure you use that promo code at checkout. The intro to this episode is a little scatterbrained because I'm trying to watch the World Series here. We're watching Game 7. It's the ninth inning, and uh, let's see. It's tied up 6-6. to When you guys hear this episode, it will already have been over with, so we will find out what's going on in the World Series, and we'll know, we'll, you know, maybe we can talk about that later in this episode. So... <laughs> and uh, the one thing I've been doing on this on this podcast a lot is uh, playing all the, the new Metallica songs because I've been so excited about the new Metallica album coming out, and uh, hopefully you guys are too. And uh, so far, first three so- or first two songs have been great. I've been really into the first two songs they put out. This new one, I don't know if I'm into it or not. I, I you know first listened through, I didn't really care for it too much. I just listened to it a few minutes ago, kind of got into it a little bit more. Maybe once this episode comes out, maybe it'll have grown on me a little bit more. But uh, let's check out the new Metallica. This one is called Atlas Rise. You are listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio. Thank you. 
hit me up on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash talk to me talk on Twitter at talk to me talk or you can just email the show directly talk to me talk at gmail.com let me know what you think of the new Metallica and uh, let me know if it's growing on you or how excited you are about the new Metallica speaking of the new Metallica I'm really enjoying this new Avenged Sevenfold album I don't know what you guys think of it it took me a couple of listens to get into it uh, I've been listening to the guys on a Chris Jericho show the old talk is Jericho a lot of great stuff I've been a huge fan of Avenged Sevenfold since way, way back in the day, since Awaken the Fallen and all that wonderful stuff. City of Evil is a great album. They've had a great career, and I think that this new album is fantastic. So, yeah, just reach out to me, talk to me, talk on Twitter, talk to me, talk Facebook, talk to me, talk at gmail.com, and let me know what you think. And on to the guest of honor today, we've got Doc Coyle, former guitar player of God Forbid. He's now in a band called Eye of Tongues. He's now in a band called The Vegas Nerve. He plays for Maytal. He's got some cover band stuff going on. The reason we have him on today is because he has a new podcast called The X-Man, and a great podcast. Checked it out, and uh, Jesus Christ, man, these Cubs. All right, all right. Whew. Bottom of the ninth. We're Now we're going into the 10th. Yes, I'm trying to watch the World Series and uh, and and do a podcast at the same time. This, this World Series is going to make me throw up. Uh, so if you hear me scream in the middle of this podcast, it's because uh, watching this World Series, rooting for the Cubs, you know, if I have some listeners in Cleveland, I'm sorry. You know, i got to see history being made. And uh, so, yeah, crazy, crazy times. But uh, back to Doc Coyle. Uh, you know, great podcast. Checked it out. Seems to be the buzz of the podcast world right now is Mr. Doc Coyle. And uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to him. I think it's funny. The two times that I've had him on, I think his and my personalities are very similar. And we just haven't broken through that barrier to where we can just talk in movie quotes and uh, just goof off. I think we've got it in us. I think maybe by the next time we talk, uh, we'll, our, our personalities will shine a little bit more and we'll be a little bit less question and answer and probably just be, you know, captain goofballs. I kind of see that happening. And uh, the one thing that I've been, I was thinking about today was, you know, he came back on episode 13. And, um, you know, first 15, 20 episodes of this podcast were kind of, yeah, I think... My first real favorite episode, start to finish, was the original Mark Rizzo episode. I think that was a good one. Um, I remember being really proud of that one and the way it came out. But what happened with uh, episode 13 with uh, Doc Coyle was he was also on a couple of other podcasts at the same time. Like that week, it was really weird. Um, like like he had an episode come out like the Friday before and then an episode come out on a Monday and then my episode came out on Tuesday. So I was like the last in line for all of the, the uh, Doc Coyle interviews. And uh, it, the one nice thing about it was it was a uh, chance to kind of compare and contrast my podcast with other podcasts because we all three had the same we all three had the same guests and you know so I I listened to all three of them mine included and uh, I think I stacked up really good with one of them and then one of them just truly blew my uh, socks off (laughs) you know blew my podcast away and you know just showed that I had a lot a lot of learning and a lot of work to do so here we are episode 73 hopefully I've uh you know moved on and upwards with the podcast and then you know maybe by episode 173 maybe it'll be actually uh you know something pretty damn cool so yeah so without any more of my ramblings let's talk to mr doc Coyle. this is chris from Hatebreed, and you're listening to talk to me
All right, Doc. Well, welcome back to the Talk To Me podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a, it is a pleasure, sir. So I was just checking. I saw that you posted that your uh, your podcast, The X-Man, is now like number 45 on iTunes. That's crazy right out the gate. No, no, 42. All right. Oh, Let's sorry, right. 42. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen. I don't know how that stuff is aggregated. I know um, it's all in like of that moment, you know, so yeah. like what the kind of activity as far as uh, subscriptions and like ratings and stuff like that. But I only have two ratings. Yeah. And comments. Well, actually, I don't know how many ratings I have. I have two comments. <laughs> so I have. I have no idea, but I noticed because I was looking up on the the actual podcast uh, section on iTunes, and then it it, I, it showed up, and then it had like it said you know say like popularity, and mine had like it was all the way jacked up like to the top, <laughs> and I was like I was like what's what's going on here? Um, so I was like right, maybe ch- let me check these these charts and see if maybe. Because I didn't think I would I would be on there because I went all the way to the bottom because yeah. it goes up to 50 and I was like eh, I'm not here and I and then I saw like Josta was on there mm-hmm. and I saw like Eddie Trunk and then like and then I'm I'm like what the hell <laughs> right I, I freaked out for a second I was like that's uh so yeah I mean I guess so I guess someone's listened to it for the for the time being and it's definitely very surprising yeah it's definitely cool like I think. See, I'm not an iTunes person. I I have an Android phone. I you know have PC. You know, I'm not I'm not much of an Apple uh, supporter, so I don't ever really keep up with that stuff. But I think the one time I did look at it, I think I was like 127 or something weird, like randomly. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so you know, 42. Sorry, <laughs> is a is a good number to be at. And I was looking at it too in another way. Um, if you're looking at even hard rock and metal, I mean, your podcast would have been top five because. You know, there's so many just like DJs and and everything else on that on that mix too. Yeah, yeah. There's it's definitely like a subgenre of a of a genre. I mean, I think in the in the grand scope of things, the the, the podcasts that really get the most traction and and that's in the the hundreds of thousands of of listeners per episode. You're really talking the comedy world. Yeah. You know, the Joe Rogans and the Mark Marins, uh, you know, Bill Burrs of the world, and then. There's kind of like the political spectrum, you know, NPR's political podcast. Um, there's a new one called the Keeping It 1600 and the 538 Elections podcast. That stuff's big. Obviously, all the big sports stuff, you know, the Bill Simmons and uh, Colin Cowherd, you know, that stuff is big. And then you have kind of your your more narrative pieces like, you know, uh, This American Life and Radio Lab. So there's really music-related stuff isn't really in, in that on that level right to be to be to be to be be truthful it's really um but at the end of the day i mean i call it a music podcast you know but that's what we're kind of covering but it's um you know it's uh i I don't think it's demonstratively different you know mark maron will interview musicians you know or joe rogan will have musicians on the show so it's really i think it's all the same thing it's just that's my my entry point you know, is, is, is being a, a musician. So well, yeah, you, gotta do what you, you gotta do what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, um, well, it's, it, it also, it's like a familiarity thing. Like I'm like, even when I write my articles, I, with VH1, I was writing, you know, I was the metal metal guy over there and then they stopped covering metal. So I, I started writing, you know, I did a few pop culture pieces and like, I'll post, you know, a piece I write about star Wars, and it really doesn't get as much traction because people kind of 
you get pegged writing about one thing <laughs> right. or covering a certain thing, and it you know it doesn't penetrate as 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 much unless if you one thing if I wrote a Star Wars article for a movie website, yeah, then those people would they're like oh that's the place for that, but you know it's you kind of have to make that entry point from the things that people that you're known for, you know, because so I guess because I'm a musician, if I give an opinion about the music industry or the music world, people will take that seriously because I have a background. We're like, what the hell? You don't know about movies? Who cares about what you're saying? <laughs> What's Doc you know? know about movies? Yeah. And I know quite a bit, to be honest with you. Well, just kind of get into it, man. I mean, what kind of made you want to do a podcast? You know, I, in, in a weird way, I, pod, listening to podcasts kind of changed my, my life in a weird way. It, um, because I, I think the, the medium, it allowed you to get to spend intimate time with people who are much more accomplished and smarter than me, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, they, and, they, and they say, like, if you want to be successful, you should hang around successful people, right? Like, it's, like all, it's, all, it's all about the company keep, right? If you hang out with scumbags and losers people who aren't doing anything people don't have ambition people just want to party and you know and kind of talk shit or whatever you know there's um you're going to be stuck in their sphere but if you kind of put yourself in the position so you know listening to joe rogan's podcast and, and hear them kind of have these very you know like like talking about spirituality and and um you know, connecting with oneself. And also, you know, you know, some of these podcasts like Mark Maron's podcast, you know, one thing that really drew me to that was just this idea of emotional openness where you have people, you know, there's a guy who was, who would talk about his own failures yeah, and his own insecurities in a really honest way. And then he'd bring people on there and they kind of rehash their, their issues you know, and or like you'd have, you know, you'd have people there telling stories about their life, and they'd be crying about something. Like it was, and and it it just got to a, you know, it's, it's it made you realize that you know the, you know, watching some interview on the Tonight Show or something, that that's not real, right? You know, it's it's not it's it's that's that's like a, it's like seeing a bus, an advertisement on a bus. It passes in five seconds. It's there. It's gone. Um, and the, and this these types of, of conversations, it it takes a lot a, a while to actually get to the heart of something. You know, I mean, it even makes me kind of frustrated watching like a show like Bill Maher's show, like Real Time, when you have three people plus Bill Maher arguing about something. You know, that have five subjects over the course you know maybe they get to talk for 35 minutes mm -hmm. but it's four people it's two there's not enough you know you could have just bill and one other person and have two subjects and they could probably talk in depth about it for an hour because that's how much it really takes it's the same thing when you turn on these uh these political you know like cnn and they have five talking heads and everyone's getting their talking points in and it's not it's not real. It's not you're not really getting to the heart of things. So so that was really attractive. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of I feel like the more I listen to them and I kind of I get into all different ones. Like now I really love uh, the cracked 
uh, dot com podcast. My my other my other favorite one um, was it, it, they stopped doing it was called The Champs. Okay, I don't know, like like Neil Brennan, who's one of the uh, Chappelle Show creators, and they they had a really cool concept where they only interviewed uh, they wouldn't it only interviewed like black people, like black comedians <laughs> and actors, or or I guess I was like, wasn't they wouldn't interview anyone white. <laughs> but, okay, <laughs> you know, and it was like. Uh, I don't know, but they really they talked about it was they talked about race in a way that was really fascinating, and I don't know. It's just it's you you can tell there's something therapeutic, and something you know there's there's a level of depth that the people who decide to get into it they're you know it's like you're 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 tackling something yeah. you know and it was it, I don't know, just it just really fascinated me. Yeah, the podcast, you know the the medium the the podcast is is such a cool form of uh communication between two people because you're like you're saying if you're watching you know one of your favorite uh, comedians on the light you know the late show or, or one of those shows i mean you're going to get a quick blurb you're going to qu- get a quick something but you're not going to get the heart of the person i mean you know i just had mike spritzer of devil driver on and we talked about his father's hardware store for 15 minutes you know and i was totally just enthralled with uh, hearing about uh, how a uh, mom and pop hardware store works you know with, around the corner from a lowe's and a home depot so you get those kind of conversations too and you you can you can sit down with someone and actually learn about the person and for the listener you get that same thing too to where you can you know you get past the you know what made you want to play the guitar you know what was your favorite metallica album you you learn about the person and that's the one great thing about podcasts and that's what drew me into them too was just sitting back and listening to like even you know chris hardwick's and the you know the nerdist and just it's almost like a weird therapy session for the guests it's 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 nice to when they you know break through that barrier and get to get down to the nitty-gritty of the person yeah well and i think it's We've all experienced this when we have a, a an in-depth conversation, you know, in real life yeah. that you get almost a buzz from it. You get like a high, like from having a really great conversation. There's something really addictive about it. It's like, you know, it's, it's no, it's no um, uh, coincidence that when people like do illicit drugs we might know about. You know, <laughs> that they get into these conversations till four in the morning, they right. have these deep connections and they have, and there's something there, it, it, um, functions on, you know, whatever kind of synapses in your brain about actually con- connecting to someone. And, and I love that. I love that in real life, just in general. I mean, outside of the, whether it was re- recorded or not, I, I love having discussions. I love having discussions with people I disagree with. Mm-hmm. And learn and learning a, a, about a different side of things. You know, that's another great thing about podcasts. You can listen. You know, I can turn on you know uh, Sam Harris's podcast or Brian Callen's podcast and hear from a uh, a very well educated conservative person. You know, who perhaps they wouldn't be in my sphere otherwise. But I get to hear a conservative viewpoint, but from a very smart angle. And then you start, and then you start. Oh, okay. Now I see where they're coming from. You know, instead of instead of some provocateur, you know, who's you know like uh, who who they put on cable news, who's just there to to shock people. You know, um, so it's it's really just about learning. You know, there's some you know, and you know, you listen like uh, like you. I don't know if you ever listen like Tim Tim Ferriss's podcast. No, I don't. 
So, you know, but, you know, he's, he's basically a guy who's like, you know, one of the most successful people around. And he talks to, to some of the other most successful people in the world and breaks down their success. And you, you listen to that, listen to a couple of those and you, you feel like maybe you're absorbing some of that knowledge, you know, through osmosis, you know, and it, it's, a, it's a weird way they actually Freakonomics just did a, a pod about what listening to podcasts does to your brain chemistry. It actually does make your oh, brain. Oh, wow. uh, I guess it depends what you're listening to, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're listening to my dumb podcast every week, then you're probably, uh, your brain molecules are going down a little bit.
You've only had one episode out, but the the yeah. concept of the podcast is what I'm gathering is kind of the 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 ex musician the or the the not the ex musician the the ex band member um, kind of going from successful band into what do you do after that? Is that kind of the concept of the the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I I hope you know I think out the gate people are going to take that extremely literally. As if that's the only people I'm going to have on there. And, I, and I'm not going to do that. Like if there's some – like I even have an interview coming out with a friend of mine. Uh, this guy, Bruce, Bruce Lamont, who plays with um, Yakuza and Corrections House. He's in that new band, Brain Tentacles. And, you know, he's not really an ex-member of anything because he, he never really broke any bands up. He just, you know, he's just done a million things. But right. He's a really fascinating guy, and his story is really fascinating. So I wouldn't let that, you know, like, oh, you weren't the X-Men or something, so I'm not going to talk to you. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, to um, pigeonhole yourself that bad. But but, but it also doesn't mean, you know, the, a lot of the themes that I, you know, touch on with some of the other people I even I get with him is how did he – he was in one place – playing with this one band and had a record deal and was doing some things and now he's in a completely different place and how did he he figure that journey out you know it's like i want you know there's people within you know there's people within the music industry people i know who are like a and r people and public uh publicists who when i first met them they were working at one company now they're at another company absolutely so they're so i want to hear that well one i you know i definitely want to provide um an insider's view for people who, you know, prospective musicians and creative people who want to know, because the problem is, I've, you know, and this ties to a lot of my writing as well, is trying to shine a light and let people know what this business is really like, you know, and that, you know, because, you know, it's, it's it, you know, it's understandable, but obviously many people who are starting, trust me, even people who have been doing a long time are still really, really ignorant about, the industry side of things and and even listen me myself because it's changing so much you constantly have to be learning like all right the the way we're doing things now that wasn't like it was three years ago <laughs> and it's not going to be the same two years from now and and, and you know so i want to kind of bring people into that process but i but it's also about kind of like human perseverance you know um i don't know if it's going to be too informative for me to 
or, or, or constructed to bring out someone who like left something and is like failing, uh, <laughs> you know, at life. But may, listen, maybe there's, you know what, but the truth is in the real world, people struggle. People have ups, you have downs, you know, um, and I hope to at least get to some honesty. I don't, I don't want to bring someone on and, you know, have them kind of fake the funk, you know, about what's going on. I want people to talk about because the thing is, we have this thing, you know, you, you see it online, so you know, Facebook, so on Instagram, and people present this imagery that their life is great. And every time they're at this cool party and they're hanging with these cool people, and <laughs> it's like, you know, the tr- life isn't like that. You know, you have everyone has shitty things they have to deal with. And, you know, but I think being honest about it, um, can set you free because yeah. once you're honest, about it, you're like yeah, yeah, this sucks. I did, you know, I did this thing. I, you know, I was working in this shitty job, but you know what? I got through it because that's what people do. You know, it's not about sitting there and like feeling sorry for yourself, but it's about saying, hey, bad things happen. Hey, I got, you know, I had cancer. I fucking, I broke my leg. Whatever, whatever. You know, my girlfriend broke up with me. You know, whatever. Like <laughs> these things happen, and it's okay. You're not supposed to be happy all the time. Yeah, it's definitely a tough thing. The one cool thing I like about the the podcast, you know, the the what is it, the format that we're kind of talking about, the ex band member, you know, when you leave a band, and which I've done a couple of times, uh, you know, once on a local level, once on a on a little bit more of a national level, but I mean, when you walk away and you got to do something else, I mean, that like the next day after you quit the band, you know, you get so built up to wanting to leave the band, and then you actually leave it, and you're like, well, fuck, what do I do now? And then like that's. That story of that that starts right there is is such a crazy journey, you know. Just the story of the the member leaving the band to me is such a fascinating story, and I think it's a very like when I first saw the concept of the podcast, I was like, man, that's a very cool and different uh, way to look at the music industry. Well, the the thing is, I basically tried to start a podcast three years ago, and I did one interview. And I got too busy and I just didn't have time to do it. Yeah. And, but in afterward, I kind of was like, you know what? That was a blessing in disguise because I was like trying to do it just because I wanted to do it. But the more I started really getting into the medium as a fan, as someone who enjoys it, I realized, you know what? There, you know, and this was before, the, you know, this is what I was going to do. This was before Jamie had a, Jamie had mm-hmm. a podcast it was um, so it, it in a way that kind of came up and was like you know what I can't you know because I was in my mind I was like oh I'll be the the Mark Marin <laughs> the uh, Mark Marin of, of metal of, of, <laughs> oh yeah you know and I'll kind of be that guy and then I realized there you know I think everyone is try, you know there are many versions of that mm-hmm. and I was like All right, I can't I'm like I'm like you know that that's the thing is that it does listen doesn't matter whether it's a podcast whether it's um, you know, you're making a short film, whether you're, you're you're starting a band. There's so much stuff out there that whatever you're doing, it has to have an angle. It has to have a thing that you do that no one else is doing or else it's not going to matter, you mm-hmm. know. Or you just have to be like, listen, if I was super famous, like, listen, enough people know me that I can at least do something like this and a few people would care about it. But I'm not. You know, it's not like if Corey Taylor started a podcast, right. that Absolutely. would get hundreds of thousands of listeners out the gate because of, of, of who he is. You know, I don't have that kind of reach. 
So that means I can't just rely on, well, I'm the guy from this thing that you know, so you should listen to me. It's like, no, it's not, it doesn't work like that. You have to really provide something that has a narrative that's interesting, you know. And, and to be truthful, I, I thought it was a good idea, but I was actually really blown away by how much commentary I got about the idea from random people just saying that they thought it was a really smart idea. And I was like, Oh, I guess it was a pretty <laughs> good idea. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I thought it was a cool idea, but I didn't think it was anything groundbreaking. But, but I think, but like I said, I think you, it, with any property, you know, especially in, in this realm, the concept is everything, right? Like if you're starting a new TV show, it's all about that premise, right? When you have lost, it's like, oh, they're on an island and it's <laughs> mysterious and there's crazy stuff and, but, but everything starts with the premise. You know, once you have that, then you can you can kind of mushroom out from from that point. But it has to be the, the, the conceptually it has to be strong out the gate. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I battle with this show is because I just kind of. At the, you know, like at the beginning before we started recording, I was talking about my initial recording setup. You know, my microphone was bad. My uh, choice of uh call capturing was kind of rough. Um, so, I mean, if you listen to an episode back then, you know, our first, the first 10 or so, uh, you know, that was probably a pretty bad first impression, but if you've stuck with the show this long, then it's actually, you know, obviously the, the microphones have, have, uh, evolved and the production value has evolved and things like that. So it's actually turned into, a, you know, something I'm proud of, but, uh, but yeah, just coming out of the gate, you know, it's, it's not like anybody knew who I was. So it's, it's at, at some point it was just another metal podcast. And, you know, luckily I started breaking news here and there and, you know, getting, getting more and more listeners over time. But, mm. uh, but yeah, so it's, it's the one thing with your show, though. I mean, I think you have enough of a enough of a name to people that are into podcasts are at least going to give it a listen. You know, going to give it that first listen, and you know, kind of like me, I was like, oh well, Doc has been on my show. I, I've followed him since you know since you've been on the show, and I was like, I'll give it a listen. And you know, it's one of those where you walk away going, man, that fucking sounded awesome. And you know, in the analytical podcaster you know, mind that I have, I was like, it's not the like and um, and you know, show it's like, you know, you can speak well into a mic and, and, uh, your, your interview skills were pretty good. You know, you might've been just talking to a friend, but I mean, that's all, that's all people want to hear in a podcast. They just want to hear two people talking like, like friends and they don't necessarily want to listen to, um, like I said earlier, the whole, you know, what made you want to pick up guitar and, and those kind of questions. It's, unless it's true and sincere, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not something people want to hear. Well, it's, I'm asking, there's things I really am interested in and really want to know. And that's what I have to, you know, I, I, you know, I've done three interviews so far. Only one of them is out, but you know, I, I, I research, I really, you know, like you said about the, the kind of phonetic delivery, mm-hmm. that's something I'm, I think about all the time. I remember when I first heard myself on the first podcast I recorded, I heard all the little vocal tics <laughs> that I have. And it makes you really aware, especially when you then I'll listen to other shows and you'll realize, listen, everyone, there's only a few people that don't have that. Right. You know, when you, like when you listen to Sam Harris, that guy is it, he it's he's like speaking verbal algebra like (laughs) he's so 
well-crafted and his ability to translate what he's thinking into what he's speaking in the most direct and and incisive way is incredible. And I don't have that, but I do think it's a skill and it's something you have to be aware of because more often than not, we're, we're not speaking in, in real life in a way where we're thinking about how it's, it's perceived, you know, and the people, you know, and I'm, I look at it as broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So when you listen to one of these kind of more old school radio guys who has like, like, do you listen to any Dan Carlin's podcasts? No, I don't. Hardcore history. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've listened to hardcore history. So he had, he's, Lucky enough to he has one of those voices, but he was also he was in talk radio for for a time, and it, I don't I wouldn't necessarily put myself in that category as has someone who has like that radio voice. Or whatever I think my voice is 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 fine, but there is a way of performative speaking and utilizing the the voice to convey things in 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 a way. So it's it's so. It's, trust me, it's something I was really nervous about tackling and trying to do. I hadn't really done it before, but it's something that I want to keep doing and trying to get better. And, you know, I, re I even read up, you know, I looked up articles. How do you get verbal tics? How do you stop saying um and, right. and, and like and all these different things? And, you know, I'll say that 50 oh. times. It's, yeah, it's, it's not great but it's something that I, I definitely think about and, and, and want to improve on. But at the same time, you don't want to appear robotic. Mm -hmm. You don't want to feel like, like someone who is, well, what you need <laughs> to do is, yeah. Yeah, I think my likes and you knows come out more if I get excited about something. If I just start going, like, talking too fast, that's when my likes and you knows and ums come out. And, yeah, I've looked at all those articles, too, about how do you get rid of your – your likes and your you knows and stuff. And it's just simple, simple stuff. Like, uh, I think my favorite one was if you have a bad problem with saying, you know, have someone close to you, like girlfriend, wife or whatever. Every time you say, I know, or every time you say, you know, they say, I know, and then you catch yourself and you can maybe, uh, uh, pull that out of your, uh, out of your speech. Well, half of it is just slowing down. Yeah. Because what, what we do when we have those, those little, uh yeah even like we we think about obama as this great orator but you hear him talk <laughs> off the cuff it's like ah oh, well you see ah uh, you know he does it <laughs> but what's happening in that space is you're actually thinking of the next thing you're going to mm -hmm. say and that becomes a placeholder whereas they say you should just don't say anything right. so if i'm thinking what i'm going to say i'll be Thinking what I'm going to say, you just leave. They say leave the gap, yeah, because it will, it will allow you to. It even though for you it seems like it's awkward to the listener, it actually won't be awkward, right? Well, the listener, I think a lot of times there's a few people that have really long pauses in their speech, like uh, Jim Florentine's podcast. He tends to have a long pause, and I always have to look down at my phone and make sure the podcast is still playing. I'm like, oh, okay, it's still yeah. going. We're listening to Talk To Me on Lost Energy Radio.
Hello there, this is Benji from the brand called Skindred, and this is me mate called Dan, and he is in Skindred too. Hello there! <laughs> and we just want to say, talk to me podcast, it's fucking rocking. Keep listening, keep rocking, while the DJ keeps spanning. You played with Maytal. She's a YouTube sensation. And like, how did that translate into maybe not ticket sales, but just like overall people into seeing her live? She, it translates 100%. She has a really big following and they showed up in person. It was pretty phenomenal. But I think when you're dealing with someone, when you have a hundred, you know, or I would say a hundred, uh, 900,000 YouTube subscribers or, <laughs> right something crazy like that and she has 1.5 or 1.6 million YouTube, uh, Facebook likes and you say all right well so these are these numbers but what does this translate into what does it what does it mean from a uh, a an engagement standpoint and her engagement is off the off the charts let's go on Facebook and see like one of her posts mm-hmm. oh yeah they're always how, crazy how, how many likes it gets how many comments how many shares so she has figured something out where people – I would say – actually, Neil Brennan said this about Dave Chappelle. His, when he's just out with him in public, he's like, people just want to eat his face. <laughs> and what he means by that is there are just some people that have a charisma and likability that it makes people want to – they're gravitated towards them. And she has that. It's pretty unbelievable to 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 be around it because we would do like these VIP sessions, you know, and people would pay, you know, a decent amount of money to you know have a, have a meet meet with the band. They would get a a gift bag, you know. They would have all these different perks, and she is so great with her fans, mm-hmm. you know, really personal. Wants to talk to them. Wants to you know looks them in the eye ask questions about them. She's, she really takes, you know, her, you know, she's a drummer, but her job is actually really is, is tending to her fan base and she's really great with it. And, and it, it just, it just shows you that there's and when you look at, you know, she sold, you know, the album sold over 10,000 records. Oh wow! You know, it was like number a hundred something on the, on the billboard charts and we killed it on the tour it was pretty amazing. You know, we didn't do any, we only did one headline show, so we were supporting, but there were definitely tons of people there to see the band every night. And it's unfortunate because we split with the singer following the tour, so we couldn't really follow up and do any more stuff. Hopefully we'll be able to figure something out soon. But it was really incredible to see up close because it shows you, you know, and she's doing everything independently. Yeah. She has, I mean, she does have a manager. She has a booking agent, but there's no record label and they're, guess what? They're putting out something. They're, they're keeping all the money. They don't have to pay the label for this. You know, it's, it's really impressive. So it, it and, and the thing is, it's this weird thing because if you don't know her, you wouldn't even know that it exists. But <laughs> to, but once you get in, you're like, wow, there's this, girl who has and luckily the record they made is really good and the songs are good and it's not just well they're just there to see her i mean obviously that's a big part of it right but but you know the 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 music is really cool and people connected to it you know it was it was it was was awesome 
Yeah, that was one thing I was kind of curious about, just with with this, you know, uh, being so huge on social media, and if that actually translated into people coming up to the show. So that's cool that people came out. Um, and then well, I guess we'll move on, uh, like like the Vegas Nerve stuff. I mean, how is that going for you? I know the the, the uh, Kickstarter campaign did really well. Uh, you know the. the I heard that I heard from so many people like, you know, you, that's another thing, I guess. I mean, I guess you were, you have a very high likability <laughs> factor with you, you know, because when you were doing the, the Kickstarter for the Vegas nerve, you know, J- Josta was talking about it on his show and, you know, Chuck and Godless over there at metal sucks. were talking about it there. And, you know, it seems like you heard about that all over the place. And then, and then now that you've got the podcast going, you know, like once again, uh, you know, there, there's a, a big, Hey, you know, doc's doing something, check it out. Kind of, kind of thing. So, you know, just how's the Vegas nerve going? How's the band going? Uh, you know, what, any updates with that? So we, we put the, we, we shot, we put up the video and then we, we released the, the EVP, uh, self, self-release all, all independent. And I, I, I say if, if anything, the people who have gotten to see it really, really like it. And I think that that's, awesome you know just you, you do something you work on it and especially when we put the video out it was really amazing to see how many people were sharing it and you know tagging their friends and 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 really you know i i think i think there was the, the band was doing something really cool and a little different from what else is is out there and so but you have to keep in mind we're you know we haven't toured yet we haven't really we don't have any other forms of promotion when you and when you look at just the atmosphere of music there every day there's new bands coming out new records you are really competing for so much of, of the people's attention yeah that it requires so we've essentially been doing as much kind of social media stuff we can to reach new people. It's very, you know, it's very modest beginnings, but essentially we're, we're looking to do, we're booking dates in on the East coast for this December. And then we're doing dates in California in January. So that's really the next thing is to do some shows, get out there, make, cause it's, listen, you can have a record, you can have a music video, but people want to, you know, you have to make that connection, and I'm not really expecting anything uh, big or anything crazy. I just, it was just a goal where we said, "All right, we're going to put out this record. We're going to play some shows. We're going to write some new songs, and we're just going to have a good time. We're not going to go into it with a ton of expectations." You know, the 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 everything that revolves around the band is is very much for the right reasons you know which is really about the the artistic elements of the music about the relationships between, amongst us we're a group of guys who really really like to be around each other and really enjoy each other's company and 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 we just sound great together that's that's the thing is the record you know the you know i think i'm sure there's some people like oh i ho- hope they can pull off the record i hope they sound good i mean that's what we sound like we recorded the record live even though we had to do a bunch of overdubs, but the but the band has a has a fantastic chemistry, which is you know some people are like why don't you get members out here? Why don't you play? Like I don't I don't want that. I want that group of guys, and that's a band. Unfortunately, I don't think there's that many. There's not as many bands as there used to be. You know, people will 
they'll write the record on a computer and they'll go into the studio and they'll record it on the computer and then you see them live and there's a bunch of backing tracks and they're playing to a click and it's it's and you hear it and it doesn't there's not a cohesion like you could replace one guy with another person and you don't even notice because it's not really a band it's just these songs and it's just i don't know i i am anti i'm anti all all of that so <laughs> it's just something but you know the, the, I, I'll, I'll say this doing a band long distance you know we're putting money in we're putting our own money into it, investing a lot you know a lot of time a lot of money a lot of, a lot of, a lot of energy and you know, there's only so much of that you can do. You know, you have to, you know, you can only stretch yourself so much. And it is, it is a lot of work. So my main thing is just to get the record out, do some shows, write some new songs. And we'll kind of, I think after we do that, you know, New Year, we'll kind of reassess what the future plans are. But I, I just joined this other band uh, called Eye of Tongues, and I'm going to be doing some stuff with them. So we'll see. We'll see. But, it's, but it, you know, it's just about doing something. You've been working on it forever, and now it's finally out in the public. That's yeah. the thing. I've been working. I've, I've been working on it for years, and it, you know, it's it's good little annoying. Like, oh, I've worked on it for years. We all we got is this EP, but <laughs> at least it at least it, it it exists. If someone asks me about it, oh, what you working? On? I'm like, I've been working on this record. Well, can I listen to it? Yeah, you can go on Spotify, and go on YouTube. It's <laughs> it's out there. You go to Apple Music. So if people are interested in it they can they can find it so touring with uh Maytal, did you kind of see a different way of doing it and kind of learn a little bit from her and maybe apply that to vegas nerve uh i think if, if anything just the the way you know she has a whole a career that is based on social media that is based on connecting with people remotely and that's you know i i've I wouldn't say I learned because I feel like I don't have a grasp of it at all. I think I'm, I'm. It's this thing where you're just trying to figure out. And unfortunately, I mean, maybe it's fortunately and unfortunately, but a lot of you know when you, the only way you can actually reach people on these mediums now is by buying ads. You know, so mm-hmm. doing boosted posts, or if you want to get, for example, if you want to get your YouTube video in like the suggested video box, like in the corner where you're watching something, you have to pay money off for advertising. So it's you're essentially are are crushed down. You are not allowed to reach people uh, without that. So there, so there's a monetary factor. So you're you're essentially you can only do so much as uh, resources you have and want to spend. You know because I think listen, there's. 50 ways for a, a new band who's trying to expose themselves to spend money but not all those methods are worth it <laughs> so so you know so i'm i'm actually you know i have no problem investing but i'm i am trying to be smart and be frugal and and put put money in the in the in the right spots but that's the thing like i said she's and not only may tell her um her manager uh uh, and boyfriend uh, Lior handles a lot of the stuff, and he's taught me a lot. And he kind of the one kind of orchestrates a lot of that stuff because there it's there's an art to social media and how you dispense information and how you uh, you create content and then you deliver content. But it's it's all about connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot you know some bands or a lot of bands th- use their social media as just a means to 
sell things or just say, hey, we're doing this. Hey, we're, you know, hey, buy this. Hey, we got, this. you know, but it has to be more than that. It has to, you know, you, it has to be someone seeing the, you know, the, the, the your, your personality and your passion, you know, and, and that's, and that's difficult to do because I think our, a lot of our instincts say, Hey, let me put out a post, go buy our CD. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's not enough. And especially with a band like this, where it's so new and it, listen, we don't have the touring experience. We don't have the label. We don't have this big song on the radio. So you, you know, you have to generate these things very organically. And, and, and it's, and it's all very small incremental advances and you have to just understand that every time you get a little kind of victory you know do your tiger fist your tiger woods fist pump and move on. <laughs> get out of there you got your red shirt on you're out you are listening to talk to me on lost anarchy radio
Podcast from Sirius XM Octane, and you're listening to Talk To Me. So with the Eye of Tongues, are you, uh, how is that coming along? You know, will there be shows soon or what, what, what stage of the uh, process is that band in? The stage that band is, is finishing an album. There still needs to be some vocal things and mixing and things of that sort. And we are still finalizing the band lineup. There was some talks about doing some shows in the very near before the end of the year, but I don't think that's going to happen now. So I'm, but in that band, I'm I'm more of a supplementary role. I'm there to essentially play guitar, and uh, John uh, Berklin pretty much runs the band, and and so I'm really a, a good part. But I'm not even at liberty. That's why I haven't I haven't talked about it publicly in, in terms of social media because until there's music out there or a video or or shows to announce there's really no point in me kind of going going uh crazy about about what's going on because to me it's about the content you know even with vegas nerve like until you know before i had stuff to show i was pretty quiet about it yeah back to one thing you said about you know a band posting something and, and being stifled if you don't sponsor an ad on facebook um a lot of people don't understand. I mean, like the, the Talk To Me podcast page itself has over a thousand likes, but I can post something on there and it'll you'll see that little thing in the corner that says seen by 47 people. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, Facebook, you know, <laughs> give me a break well, here. There is a, but, but there is actually a, a reason for that that makes sense as well, because unfortunately, if every person who had some type of fan page or whatever, if everyone saw it who liked it your entire feed would be filled with advertising right no and i get it i'm I'm not uh... so so it's it's you know i i think there should be some kind of like you should be able to set up almost like a mailing list Mm -hmm. an opt-in mailing list where you could if you opportunity because that was the thing about myspace myspace you could reach every single one Mm -hmm. of your people and there, you know, I, I, just, I just don't, it's, it's weird. Like back in the day, you had these, you had radio and you had MTV and you could see a band literally come out, they could put the record out on, on Tuesday and within two weeks they'd be number one at radio, number one at MTV, <laughs> selling a million records and they, they get a fan base and they, they've built a career. And now all these avenues have crushed every single one of these places where you can't get an audience. It, you can't get a really big audience in a, in a short spurt because there's not enough avenues. You know, less people are listening to radio videos outside of YouTube are more or less non-existent. And even that you gotta remember video is an opt in service you are seeking it out more yeah. often than it is being presented to you so the the fact that something like facebook does not allow you to actually access your people or able to get new fans in a, in a, in, a, in a way i think it's it's just one thing we're kind of losing but mm-hmm. it can't listen if you have the resources you can spend 
a few thousand dollars on Facebook advertising, YouTube advertising, uh, uh, Instagram advertising. You know, you can pro- you can probably make some real dents and and get get the word out there because you know you you know but you have to. The whole music world is all about momentum, and you're you're trying to get the the ever coveted buzz, you know, and, and then the show. I'm hearing about that band. They're 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 doing some things. I, I hear. I've I've heard they're doing well. I've heard. I've heard their new album is great. <laughs> I I've heard they're killing it on that tour. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's about building, building, building the momentum, and having it, um, ha- having it kind of materialize in a real real actual fans you know god forbid one of the biggest things we struggled with in our later years was we had all these fans and yet we really didn't have a great mechanism to reach them you know we sold all these you know hundreds of thousands of records and these people that liked our band but you know we're playing their town and i'm not sure they knew we were there yeah and and that was a really frustrating you know now at least you know, we, you know, if we were touring now, we could do targeted Facebook ads yep. and, and say, all right, so all the God, the people that, that like God forbid, we can put, we can literally pay X amount of money. So all the people in Oklahoma know we're playing in Oklahoma. And so, so, so it is a great tool if you want to, but like I said, it's, it's no, no taxation, no representation without taxation. <laughs> right. So, and I, I get it. And I think, it, it it does remind me though that if anything you want that when you get involved in this realm of things you have to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know how, why would you expect someone else to invest in you if you're not going to invest in you? You know so it, and it doesn't have to be you know you shouldn't not eat so you can get Facebook <laughs> ads. You know right. only do only do what you can afford. But but do understand, you know, it's there's, you know, you know, if you probably don't, if you miss one night of going out to the bar and spending fifty bucks, and you spent that fifty bucks on Facebook ads, you know, maybe you get a little bit. Of, I I don't I I really don't don't know. I'm I'm everything I'm doing is all experimental, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm asking other bands because it's you know the, the independent world. It's very different. I was with God forbid, I was used to having a record label and having a PR person and having a video person, and people essentially took care of everything for you. You know, you had there were certain things. You know, I would have to do like the interviews, and uh, you would be involved with them, but you weren't you weren't at the forefront. You know, we weren't the ones kind of making the the broad decisions as far as marketing. Yeah, you know, there were there was there were other forces in, in, involved there, and that stuff is is great, but in a way, it, it atrophies your ability to be hands-on and be able to do some of these things yourself. Because at the end of the day, the, the, the most difficult thing about it is just having the hours in the day, which is why younger bands always will have that advantage because if you're 19 years old, you, you have the time to spend 10 hours in front of your computer telling your friends and hitting up people on Twitter and, and spreading Spreading the word, and I think it's grown. Grown people just don't have a time to do that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I know well, that. I know that fact for. <laughs> I know that's a fact, one hundred percent. The one thing I'll kind of go back to on the the MySpace thing is towards the end of MySpace, 
I know everybody always fan, you know, romanticizes Facebook for bands, but at, towards the end of MySpace for bands, it was really like terrible. <laughs> you know, you were getting just bombarded with messages and bulletins and and you know, friend requests and all that nonsense. And it it, it did get a little overwhelming towards the end there. And I think it did become just like a band showcase rather than a true like you know social media friend to friend kind of thing. Well, it was it, but you have to keep in mind though when towards the end was also it was an exodus people weren't using it as a social mm-hmm. media but when it was actually what you used as your social media uh that's i think all that stuff was was supplementary but yeah it, it had the um the opportunity to be you know it, it unfortunately became a, a spam mm-hmm. uh circus which i under, understandably facebook is is trying to avoid but you know, Facebook at this point, you know, might as well be the fucking power lines. <laughs> you know, it's just there. Yeah. And and you're, you know, you can opt out, but it's it is there. There is there is that, and you know, and you'll probably be healthier for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. I, I, I'd imagine we'd all we'd all be a, a little bit more content and at ease if you didn't, you know, just especially during an, an election year. There's so much tension and vitriol and anxiety that is strewn about in on, on those those in that world you know in that virtual world and it's 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 upsetting you know it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's unfortunate but me I'm I'm of the mindset I'd rather like I'm one of these people I don't block anyone <laughs> right. you know if someone someone says something I I don't agree with politically I I think I'm I have thick enough skin and I'm strong enough that I can hear uh, differing viewpoints and be okay with it and say, well, that, that person feels that way, but it's not the entirety of, of who they are. And, and even if I find it detestable, it's okay. I'll, I'll be all right. I don't want to just have a situation where I'm only echoing the things that I like to hear that, that, that's a, that you're, that's not the real world. The real world is a collection of different, of differing, of, of a bunch of different opinions. Absolutely, man. We're coming up on an hour or so. I'll hit you with the last couple of questions here. Um, so is God forbid the type of band that, uh, could come back around, could tour again? I don't know how you guys left each other. Is God forbid the type of band that could, uh, you know, kind of go away for X amount of years and then come back to, you know, like a lot of bands are doing, it seems like these days where, where you're kind of getting that that reunion tour buzz, you know, buzz again. Well, we, we've had some offers lately. And the truth is there are different guys that are just in different places in their life where they're not ready to do anything. I'm pretty much open to whatever. But my main thing is it just I, – I just – if we're going to play, I just want there to be a demand. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, all right, guys, let's go play Joe's bar down <laughs> nice. the street. Like that's just, that's just whack. Like it, the band built a legacy to a certain degree. We were not the biggest band in the world, but we did make some form of, of, of an impact. And a lot of that impact is really understood or, or comes more into clarity when you disappear. Because the thing is, if you if you break up, and then no one talks about you anymore, or no one cares, then you know what you probably it's probably a really good thing you broke up because just no one, <laughs> no one yeah. shit. So, and you know, I haven't 
I'm, I'm just, I don't really do the nostalgia thing. I don't do, I'm not trying to relive any glory days. Like I don't care about any of that. And that would not be a reason why I would, I would do it. I wouldn't, you know, the, I'm sure we, we could make some money, but I'm, I, I would not imagine that would be some untold sum that's going to change my life in any way. So that's, that's not really a motive, a motivating factor either. You know, it, it would, it would, for, for me, it's about getting together with the people and us doing it because we want to do it and it's fun and we want to play the songs because to me, it's that, that style of music and the level of aggression and, and what the place that was coming from was really genuine, really intense. And I, to me, if we can't bring that, you know, if you're up there kind of playing the songs, but it's not, <laughs> not true. You don't have, you don't have that same passion and energy and the same intentions. Then it's just going to be flat footed and it's going to, and it's not. And, you know, to me, and when we were, you know, the, the original five guys, you know, from 90, 1998 to 2009, you know, that, that group, had a thing that was really effective and 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 that's not just something you can just replace or 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 plug in so we'll we'll, we we shall see but it has to make sense and i you know the the right opportunities and timing has to has present itself but i'm certainly not opposed to it i'm definitely proud of what we did but at the same i've also come you know I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, we weren't that. Like, we weren't that good. We were okay. You know, like I listen to it. I'm, I'm not sitting there like, man, we were the greatest band of all time. We should have had a platinum record. Like, I, don't, I, I, you know, that's that's not where my head is at. You know, I hope. I'm sure there's people out there that that think that, but like I said, I don't want to do some reunion reunion show and then have 50 people show up and I'm like, why did we do this? Right. You know, it's, you know, there should really be a demand for people to want to see the band. And it would just have to be under the right, you know, I, I would need people to be able to come and, and have their, their A game as well. You know, I don't know how everyone's keeping their chops up. I don't know who's playing, who's not. And I would need all that stuff to be intact. You know, I, I you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to be the situation where, where everyone's not ready to do it at a high level as well. Absolutely. And then the one thing I liked about the podcast is is something that I do every time I have a guest on that's ever toured with Pantera. And that was, you know, give me a give me a Pantera story. Uh, do you have any Pantera stories yourself? Well, I mean, I've to- there's one I've told a bunch of times about when Dimebag came and listened to the Gone Forever record in the studio. Do you, have you ever heard that one? I haven't heard that one. No. So this was in 2003 or 2004. We were in the mastering studio for Gone Forever. And it was the first time we were in like a big, like big New York mastering studio. This guy, Roger Leon, and we're like having lunch, eating pizza. And then Dimebag Daryl shows up in the room, <laughs> in, like the, in like the little kind of common area and it's like hey man i heard there was some metal going on in here <laughs> and we're sitting there literally like with pizza in our face just like is this is this real life is this a, <laughs> is this is this a thing 
It's actually funny in that same room, Damon Dash, who like was the Jay Z's record label, the guy who ran Jay Z's record label. He was in that same room getting a haircut. Oh, so nice. it, was, it was just it was just surreal <laughs> to begin with. And then so so we bring Diamond, and they have this kind of leather chair and these huge speakers where you can sit down and kind of listen. And there's a song called Judge the Blood, which is the last song on the Gone Forever album. And the last riff of the song is like a breakdown. It's like, you know, it's got this groove. And he goes, he goes, hell yeah. Sounds like domination, man. That's great. And and we're like, hell yeah, man. We're stealing all your riffs. He's like, nah, we ain't stealing riffs, man. We share riffs. That's great. <laughs> I was like, man, that's it. That was, and it, remember he was listening to the song and he's like, man, this shit sounds like King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was laughing. And, and then one thing that was really funny is uh, he was talking about the band E-Town Concrete. Yeah. Remember, you were E-Town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had that, they had that song, M- Mandibles. Take a to my mandibles. The path I told you like that Bradables. I rolled like an animal. The jungle taught me to handle foes. Take a bullet to my mandibles. The path I told you like that Bradables. I rolled like an animal. The jungle taught me to handle foes. No, we're done with the mandibles. What <laughs> great song. And he was like, man, I was like, that song, each time. He's like, like that song, Manifold. <laughs> <laughs> and he started singing it. I was like, yo, this is the most hilarious. Like, I have. Dimebag, I'm from Jersey, where E-Town's from. Yeah. I have Dimebag Daryl, the hero of all guitar heroes, singing E-Town to me. Like <laughs> this is the the craziest thing of my entire life. And it's... then, uh, yeah, so that that was pretty awesome. And then the next time, and then we saw him again at the Metal Hammer Awards later that year, because we had, you know, like that album really kind of t- what took off for us and brought the band to the next level. So we're going like award shows and stuff. And right. he was so drunk I, mean, I tried to say <laughs> hi to him but i don't think he could see you know three feet in front of his face unfortunately that's awesome and, and then he and then he then he was killed like a couple months after that yeah unfortunately yeah i got to see damage plan i think like two months before he he got murdered so yeah it was uh, a rough time too so yeah me too <clears throat> i saw that show with uh Hatebreed. oh wow yeah it was just a damage plan in like a local band here in louisville and um but the last two songs that they played were uh, uh, Mouth for War and Right Into Walk. So it was nice to see those two songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, um, man, it's so funny. Like, everyone that I know that's from, like, the Jersey area, like, E-Town Concrete is, like, still, like, the kings <laughs> of, like, they Jersey. Play. They play once a year. They sell They, they sell out. They do draw, like, 2,000. They'll do two nights. They'll draw, like, two, 4,000 people. That's crazy. And they're uh, and they still and they still bring it. They're still. I, I play with Dave, the guitar player in like, my cover band. I mean, I haven't. We haven't played in like a while. I mean, like a year and a half, um, two years. But um, you know, me and him, I I love playing him. Great, great musician. Um, they're they're one of those bands that, for for whatever reason, just didn't hit. You know, it's kind of like just 
circumstance, but you know, but they made. They, but that's the thing. They they went away. Yeah. And then they and they and wherever they did, they made an impact. You know, in the in the right in the right places. And that's kind of like me. I'm not about ending things. Like I don't need. I'm always like, if something works, there's no reason to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, as long as you're having fun. You know, obviously, and it, if it's something you want to do. But uh, so, like I said, if, if it's the right opportunity, God forbid, I, I, I'm definitely more than more than open to, to do it because I'm just I'm, just, I'm, I'm about doing. You know, I want to be active. I want to be out in the game. You know, got to have skin in the game, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, are you are you kind of uh, you know, you're doing the the eye of tongues thing, the Vegas nerve thing. I mean, are you you know, Maytal if she ends up doing something else, you're going to do that. So, are you doing um, you know, are, are your phone lines open? I guess is what I'm saying. Somebody needs right a guitar now, player. They call right Doc. now. It would be hard, you know, to take on anything else. To be truthful, unless it was something that was just so big that it was like. All right, guys, I have to quit everything. You know, if it's like some huge band, you know, wanted to hire me and kind of change, you know, my whole life change. But you know, I, I think in in many ways, like you you take on things when you can. Like even though I'm, I'm working on things, I haven't played a a real show. I've done some. We have this Ultimate Jam Night thing mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood, so I played that a few times. But that's doing like you know maybe two songs or three songs like a, I haven't done a real show since I toured. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's almost a year. I haven't, I haven't played a regular show because I've been so, so it's, I'm doing a bunch, but I'm not doing a bunch of stuff that's requiring me to be touring or doing gigs. And, and it's like, and I want to be doing that stuff, which is part of the reason why I joined I have tongues because with Vegas nerve, there's no telling if we're going to ever get to a point where it's like a full-time thing so we're very much taking it step by step with that and just seeing how it how it shakes up you know what's the eye of tongues like uh, is it obviously i'm assuming it's metal like or is it is it how heavy is it is it you know it's, the proverbial it's, cross between this and that you know n- no it's it's drastic i mean it's it's metal and it's drastically heavier than vegas nerve it's not like oh this is a rock band like it's it's very heavy and it's more in like the realm of I'd say like kind of that new school like gent kind of sound but okay. it's not like one of those bands like we're not it's not like these prog songs or we're <laughs> trying to be Meshuggah it's it's really groovy it has and um, there's a, definitely a high level of technical um, playing and thought behind everything there's there's a lot of great musicianship but it's very very hooky and very groovy like the, especially the vocals the vocals almost like it's like this really technical interesting music you know that's super heavy but then there's like this almost pop thing going on with the vocals um which gives it a lot of flexibility to to have success you know and cross over it definitely has that accessible thing but it is it is it is the by far the most metal thing I've done <laughs> since leaving God forbid. Yeah. So and and I'm sure something will be out there for people to listen to, you know, in the next few months. But well, John put actually John, if you go if you look up Eye of Tongues, you'll probably you can probably find like the thing on Blabbermouth there's a little sampler of just the music.
you can check it out. But yeah, it's 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 sick. There's some they got some riffs, man. <laughs> they got, got them, some riffs. Some, they've got some heavy. There's, it's you know it's it's fun. It's fun doing like a heavy thing again. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I'm to be truthful that when I heard the stuff that when John was playing for me, it almost made me want to do metal less because I felt like what they were doing was so interesting and so kind of on a different tilt that I was like, yeah, I'm, it almost felt like beyond me, you know, I was like, you know, let me stay in my lane and kind of work on this because I'm not, you know, cause I, like Maytel, I didn't write any of the music. I'm kind of jumping into someone else's mm-hmm. band and, and stepping into someone else's shoes. So it's, it's always interesting, you know, just learning different stuff. And so, you know, people come from a different angle, learning new techniques, you know, and it's challenging. It's definitely, there was a moment with this, I was like, man, I don't even know if I can, if I can do this. I might be over <laughs> the hill, fucking too over this shit, Riggs. <laughs> nice lethal weapon reference there. That's right. Love you, it. You, it's you. My favorite was, uh, word. What word? You know, word. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, just how can everybody find the X-Man podcast out there and, uh, and then hook up with you online? Uh, I guess the best, if you're 75% of people listen to podcasts is through iTunes. So you can just uh, search X-Man. It's E-X and then a space man and mine or just my name, Doc Coyle, D-O-C. <laughs> c-o-y-l-e and you know all you can find it on all my social media everything's at dot coil if you go on facebook and just put in dot coil my everything everything shows up so yeah i'm i'm, I'm pretty easy, easy to find all right doc well once again you know thanks for taking the time tonight and uh good luck with the podcast and everything all of your musical ventures <laughs> thank you brother man i really do appreciate it man and thanks for having me on and i will i would definitely talk to you soon <laughs> talk to you soon man definitely man. be good all right be careful we're listening to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio. Oh, my God. We're in a rain delay at the World Series. Uh, man, yes. Through the beauty of technology, we have skipped ahead. And I'm now editing this part of the podcast. And now we are in a rain delay in the World Series going into the 10th inning. Oh, my God. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. But uh, thank you to Doc Coyle for taking the time the other night, coming on, talk to me, and uh, just having a good time with me. And like I said earlier, you know, uh, I think one day him and I will just have a movie quote podcast where we'll just talk back and forth in movie quotes, and I think we will both be able to pull it off. So once again, go check out the X-Man podcast if you haven't already. If you're into podcasting, podcast, and uh, obviously you are. So go and check out his podcast. And now on to some uh, listener requests. I posted this earlier today. I got some great, great music to play for you guys. First song we're going to play is from my boy Eric over there from uh, Off Our Meds podcast. Eric Moore of the Off Our Meds podcast. You know, my favorite taxi cab service here in Louisville. (laughs) And also one of my uh, new favorite podcasts. Make sure you're checking those guys out. Off Our Meds podcast. And uh, Eric's a good guy. Every time that they play music over there on the Off Our Meds podcast, they pick out a couple of tunes each. I tend to fall in line with Eric a little bit more than uh, than anyone else. I definitely don't fall in line with uh, with Daniel at all. He's got some good stuff, but uh, not up in my alley. And then uh, with Mike, 
You know, he has some good stuff, but I think Eric, Eric has some good taste in music. Eric is a huge Mastodon fan. We talked a lot about that with, uh, with Kyle Saunders when we saw him at Louder Than Life and then uh, all that fun stuff. So I'm going to play some Mastodon now and let's see, he chose to play Iron Tusk. So here you go, Eric. Here's some Mastodon. You're listening to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio. What's up? It's John Jameson from That Metal Show. Keep it loud, keep it proud, keep it talk to me, keep it girthy. All right, that was our pick by Eric Moore of the Off Our Meds podcast. And up next, Chris Sinzak. 
Look at all these podcast people coming out of the woodwork to be mentioned on the Talk To Me podcast. Chris Sinzak over there at uh, Decibel Geek Podcast chimed in with Metal Church by Metal Church from the album Metal Church. Why? Because it's Metal Church. And I agree with that 100%. I've heard Kurt Vanderhoof on the podcast. I've had Mike Howe on the podcast. We can always play some Metal Church on the Talk To Me podcast. So I'm not even going to talk anymore about it. Let's just hear some Metal Church by Metal Church from the album Metal Church. Yes, Chris, because it's Metal Church.
Oh my God. Cubs just scored two runs. <laughs> I mean, I swear, I swear I'm trying to do this podcast and watch a very dramatic Game 7 of the World Series. So yeah, I'm in here clapping in my garage, freaking out, doing a podcast. So crazy. Listening to all these great songs, all this great, great, uh, wonderful, wonderful requests you guys have in. Uh, another one, another great one from my friend Richie Glover, one of the great bass players in Nashville, one of the great unsung bass heroes of Nashville, played in a band called Shun for a long time. Great friend of mine, but he he suggested Sepultura Arise, and man, you know my love of Sepultura. Max Cavalera has been on the podcast. I need to get Igor on the podcast. I need actual Sepultura members. Get Apollo or Andreas or even Derek. We'll talk some Sepultura. Come on the Talk to Me podcast, Sepultura. Bring it on. But uh, let's go all the way back to Arise. Let's check out some Sepultura.
Hello, everybody. This is Max Cavalera, Soulfly, Return to Roots. And you are listening to Talk to Me. Stay metal. Oi! Oh, man. You gotta love Sepultura. You gotta love Arise. What a great record. I need to go back and actually sit down and listen to that from start to finish. I've been listening to so much Chaos AD and Roots lately. I need to go way, way back. Go to Arise, go to Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia, Morbid Visions, all those great old albums. But uh, let's move on to Dan Chaput. Man, if I'm saying, there, there's no way I can get this name right. Chaput, 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 Chapu, I don't know. C-H-A-P-U-T, Dan Chapu. Gojira Stranded, and he says it could be his top album of 2016. And I have to say, you know, this album came out earlier this year. Great, great album. One of the one of my favorite metal albums of the year. I have to give him that. Great, great album. And Stranded off of that album is so cool. I always love little guitar, you know, noises, little digi whammy wah pedal things, you know, very dime bag-ish type stuff. They pull it off so well and so great on this song. So uh, make sure and check this out. And uh, let me know what you think. Always hit me up at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Talk To Me Talk. Let's check out Gojira with Stranded.
Holy shit, the Cubs won the World Series. Man, what a night. What a night. 12.50 a.m. Eastern Time, and the Cubs have won the World Series for the first time since 1908. So in the last, like, what, 10 years, 10, 15 years, we've seen the Red Sox win twice, and now the Cubs. I have to say, Theo Epstein has to be the curse breaker. He better get all kinds of credit. And, uh, you know, he's only, like, 35. I mean, you know, he was, like, the... Red Sox general manager at like 28. Crazy, crazy times. And uh, Joe Madden, what a cool, cool manager and all that fun stuff. Man, man, what a night. What a night. What a game. I can't believe it. This has been a fun podcast to put together. And it's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun uh, watching the game, trying to, trying to put some music together. So we're going to play one more last song. Uh, my friend BJ Rowe, I met him through Louder Than Life. Uh, you know, he runs a runs a website called Metal Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, Metal Nexus. Make sure to go check them out. Give them a like. Let them let you know that uh, let them know that you heard about them on Talk to Me and uh, read some of his articles. He did some really cool interviews with Clutch over the uh, over the Louder Than Life. Other bands that he did interviews with. Very cool, very cool guy. Uh, he was one of the few people that reached out to me prior to Louder Than Life to kind of say hello to welcome me into this journalism. Side of the of music all that fun stuff so he uh he suggested a song by a band called death will tremble this song is called mona and let me know what you think
Alright guys, that was another episode of Talk To Me. Thank you again to Doc Coyle and thank you again to all the listeners out there that suggested some great songs for this episode. So for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey. The Cubs won the World Series. What kind of fucking bizarre world are we living in? Have a great week and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. (laughs) 